हेलो एवरीवन वेलकम टू दी हंड्रेड एपिसोड ऑफ सोलिड सैटरडे वाव आई कॉन्ट बिलीव वी कंप्लीटेड द सेंचुरी एंड आई एम रियली वेरी ग्लैड टू वेलकम आर वेरी क्रिएटिव गेस्ट ऑन दिस पर्टिकुलर हंड्रेड एपिसोड जॉन फॉक्स the person to champion the art of lighting so that others can achieve and thrive history of john john michael fox is humbled with a wide berth of creative experience in the lighting industry he has been granted opportunities to be a part of award winning projects across the globe john and his talented team have helped design projects in hospitality healthcare retail homes and much more science john integrates his knowledge of wellness human centric lighting and sustainable design into his architectural and fixture development projects he uses his degree in architectural engineering to bridge the communication between the electrical engineers and the designers his knowledge in pricing controls led technology and color helps his clients create beautiful projects that achieve their design goals clients he wants to make sure that the lighting solution is a perfect fit for the budget and the end users are 100% satisfied he will always go above and beyond to make sure the client is happy with the result so specific qualities associated with the john 30 plus years of commended performance in lighting enjoys product development and finding new ways to do things focus on goals of others so they can be successful applies his history of dance industrial design and theater into his work very interesting profile and i can't just wait to welcome him on our solid saturday today's episode so would you like to join me to welcome him and hear more about his career journey how did he find his area of interest and managing to lead that hello john how are you doing today very happy to have Thanks. you on the show it is our fantastic yeah it's Thank our century episode 100th episode so 100 yeah 100th episode of solid saturday and i'm really very excited because we got somebody who is like a lot more creative person and uh, would love to learn more about architectural engineering so thank you so much for all your time no problem my pleasure so to begin with we have our generic segment just to make an audience aware how one can find their passion or the interest So to begin with the question is how did you find your areas of interest in the architectural engineering and that too specifically you landed in the lighting light, lighting space so what motivates you to be where you are today Well and that's a you know that's a interesting question because when I first started looking for a career in my life I always wanted to be associated with the ocean so I wanted to be an oceanographer and and so I was like but I lived in Kansas and so my parents said Uh can you go to play some place a little closer to home maybe get a little something you know local college or whatever and they said I said sure whatever I mean I I know I can't I'm not going to be able to go to any school I want and um but they said okay what's your interests and I said well I I like art I like to draw I'm very creative mm-hmm. um I built I built my own car by the time I was in graduating from high school and I'm a very much an engineer I've got some you know, engineering technical elements to it I I'm a pilot mm-hmm. and and uh you know i like to build things and understand uh the elements of the way things work and they said well you know what about an architect and i said uh sounds a little too one way and they said well there's there's this program called architectural engineering and there was a, there's a there's about five of those programs uh nationwide there's one in you know in california there's a couple in california colorado's got one uh ku's got one there's a couple in texas and then mm-hmm. uh on the east coast and so 
uh, Penn State. And so where you go to Penn State and Rock Chalk Jayhawks. So, um, yeah. So anyway, the, those, those architectural engineering programs is a blend of art and science. And what you're able to do is just say, you know, it's, it's a little bit of the STEM field. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's got that element of, of creativity and, um, mm-hmm. and sort of this built world. And so as we, as, as we went through the program, you started, you actually had to start to, uh, spe- you know, it's like uh, specialize in, the, in one of those mm-hmm. programs. And the, the one that was most interesting to me was lighting. I was working at the theater at the time. And, and so lighting is really about separate, you know, about painting Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to paint and, and uh, use that as a, as a form of uh, creativity. And so architectural engineering with uh, emphasis in lighting is what it was, in, mm-hmm. what it became. But when I came into the industry, what I actually found out was that there was lots of ways to become, uh, to get into lighting uh, in the industry. And we talked about the industry as a whole. There's a lot of elements. There's the, there's the, there's the sales element. There's the manufacturing mm-hmm element um there's the constructability element where yeah. you're, you're in construction so uh there's there's a lot of ways to get into lighting and, and you'll see people that are from the theater backgrounds you're going to see people that are architects that you have know, decided that you know what i really want to do more kinds of different work and lighting seems to be interesting to me and and there's a real lot of reasons i think that that uh there's a benefit to finding this industry and i think it's kind of hard to find so Wow, that's great, actually. And uh, it's really definitely like, you know, the way you mentioned that it started with somebody said, and then you just started exploring it. So this is quite interesting to learn uh, how you found your interest in it. And uh, moving towards our next segment, it is more about questions from the audience. And the first question that we have is, would you like to share an experience in which conferring with a client helped you to effectively meet his or her expectations. What factors do you consider when meeting with the clients, for example, budget? Uh, that's a tough question. You know, budget is, uh, it's always something that's, it's important. And um, yet the, the really requirement for a, a, any consultant is to mm-hmm. provide the client with what they need and in a, in a, in a format that works. And so, Oftentimes, um, the the budget sort of is is not critical path. It's really spending time with the client so that they understand uh, or you understand what they need. And so there's a lot of and I'll give you an example when you talk about residential lighting. So when when you talk about residential lighting, and we and we do lots of schools and we do churches and we do you know hospitality. We mostly you know our work is in hospitality market. But you know, let's say you're doing somebody's home. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of ways that people use their homes that you're not going to know until you spend time with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you may spend some time going through them and saying, okay, so what do you, when we're going to build this room or we're going to build this house, what do you, what are you going to put in it? Um, how are you going to use it? And what you might find out is that they have a collection of art that, you know, they've collected over the years that are that's street art from LA or, you know, they've collected stuff from Montreal or, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're a painter to themselves and, you know, you want, so you want to get to know how they use their home and they want to, you know, where their art's going to be and, you know, how much time do they spend during the day? And so, you know, actually this wellness concert, uh, the wellness uh, conference that's coming up for uh, CEDIA, uh, C-E-D-I-A, 
um, we talk about this a lot in, in our, uh, in our podcast. So maybe, if, you know, some of your listeners can lock into this show and watch it. Uh, we talk a little bit about the, you know, how to meet the customer's expectations because I could fill hours and hours of this because there's, you really have to get to know the customer a lot. And I think the budget, I think the budget really is, is a, you know, it's a framework mm-hmm. because we can build within anything, right? I mean, if you say my budget from a design is, you know, we, we, we have a thousand dollars for you, you know, it's like, well, I can do a thousand dollars worth of work, but I also have homes that, you know, my fee is, mm-hmm. you know, six figures because we spend so much time and energy on it. So mm-hmm. it's really budget is really not the critical path. It's really understanding what their needs are mm-hmm. and, and, and being, being a good steward of the money that they're willing to give to us. Yep. Yeah. And I think it a lot more goes like, you know, uh, it's, it's said right you know uh, creative things are priceless actually <laughs> so <laughs> if you have to uh, bound it with the money it's a little harder that way but definitely the approach would be understanding the client needs and uh, coming up with uh, and a big part is that's trust right i mean you have the yeah. the customer has to trust you yeah. and if you you know you know you have to they're going to trust you with your money but they're also trusting you with how they're going to yeah. use that space right it's not even you know, you could you could be a good steward of the money and do a poor job mm. and of, it is of more design like, or solution. Yeah, so maybe it is more or like making them visualize also, right? That also goes a lot more, I guess, because as a uh, creative person, you can visualize it, like you know how your home is going to look like, like architecture is going to look like, or you understand particular things about it. Uh, on the- some people are more more some people are more visual or not, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so the client is more or like in the mode of comparison, right? Oh, they made like this and we would like to have something similar in our house or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's actually a great, they use, our customers use Pinterest, they use Facebook Mm -hmm. images, they use, they'll pull out, they'll pull out, you know, various things where they'll, you know, they'll, they'll bring out a video or a magazine. So there's lots of, you know, inspirational elements that they do. But, you know, for us, we're just, you know, when we talk about lighting, mm-hmm. there's, there's a whole technical element to lighting that isn't just, you know, what you see, right? You know, you can talk about the materials. I want wood here and plastic here and, and tile on the floor and, and a chandelier over here. But in, from a lighting perspective, there's controls, there's color, there's um, what we call CRI, con- con- uh, which is uh, color rendering index. Um, there's, you know, uh, now there's much more color control, so you can go and change the color throughout the day. Mm-hmm. You know, make it blue, and and you know, and so there's lots of things that are elements that are that are complicated that make it worthwhile to be technical and uh, at the same time creative. Because there's that you know that you've got those two sides of the brain. You know, the left side is is uh, the left side over here is is very much a um, mm-hmm. uh, the the creative portion of it. So. Mm-hmm. I think the left side of the brain controls the right side of the body and the right side of the brain yeah. controls the left side of the body. So, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yes. And that makes sense. And thank you so much for sharing. One more question that we have is what are the requirements to be a lighting designer? What makes a good lighting designer? So I used to live overseas. I, I lived in Southeast Asia for a number of years and I worked with lighting designers that had a background in architecture and drafting um, and they they learn by doing and um, and you know 
you know, Elon Musk even said, you know, you don't even need an education anymore. You can get, you can get education on YouTube. You're a prime example of that, right? You're a prime example. So this is a good example of um, what is the requirements of being a light designer? I would say uh, you just like anything you want to, you want to have interest in it, you know, your passion for mm-hmm. um, the, 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 the value of, of something that uh, most people don't really see. It's really hard for them to say, you know, I, in fact, I was just talking to one of my uh, clients last night. He had a mm-hmm. he had a, a wonderful client, um, mm-hmm. big home, and she's like, "We're gonna move. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move our house over. Uh, we're gonna buy a, a, a track home, and I want you to do the design for that." He was an interior designer, mm-hmm. and and he goes, "Where do you live?" <laughs> and he and she and he types it in, and he's like, "That's." you live like on a five acre estate. And she's like, yeah, it's a huge home. I've got like 10,000 square feet, but we just don't like it here. Mm. And so he goes, I think I want to come see you. I want to come to your house. And Mm. so he went over to her house and got to know her. Like, this is this whole thing about getting to know your customer. Right. Mm. And she's, she's a photographer. She's actually a famous photographer. Mm -hmm. And he, and he's like, where do you live? Where do you spend your room in the house? And so he's found out that they spend the only the time at the house inside the house is in the first three rooms facing the outside. So literally the, the front three rooms, like mm-hmm. the den, the kitchen, and it's all glass. It's all glazed. And um, he said, I don't think you need to move. Mm-hmm. And he, and he gave up, a, he gave up a huge fee and a huge project to do this. He goes, I think we just need to redo your house. And, they talked about it and she sent him a letter and he kept that. And it said, um, I want to thank you for what was a, a revelation for me as a photographer. I know about light, but I never paid, paid attention to my own built environment, my own world. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden you're pointing out that maybe just maybe it's the lighting in my own house. Mm-hmm. And so he fixed all the lighting. He fixed all these little situations, made the house light and bright, solved all the things. She's like, I don't need to move. And so what a great example of, of someone paying attention to the customer, but at all this, also at the same time, recognizing that, you know, there's a budget. She had a, he had a big budget, but he didn't have to spend it. You know, he just had to find the right answer for her. So I think that's, that's an important element. And I think, you know, having that passion to do those kinds of the right things for the customers is all you really need to be a lighting designer. The rest of it you can learn on YouTube. <laughs> maybe, not, maybe not that much, but... Yeah, that's true. A lot of learnings happen online as well as connecting to the people, actually. When you talk to the people and understand them, uh, you learn a lot more as well in the real. So this is like a new era of learnings, I guess. Uh, it's not like everything you have to get spoon-feeded. Uh, it's a lot more that you learn passively as well by interacting with the people and learning from their journeys. And that is our motto, actually, through this Solid Saturday to give the next generation an idea that, you know, how they can explore and grow their career further. So thank you so much for sharing. And uh, we're moving no to our next segment, which is a little more about fun or the relaxation segment. And here I'm going to give you like a three keywords, which are more or associated with your profile or the career. And you have to just tell me whatever comes to your mind. So it can be an abstract definition. It can be a replacement keyword or it can be like something creative as you are a creative person. After hearing all those three words, if you think about something creative, uh, you can come up with that as well. And we are happy to hear that. So are you ready? 
I'll try. I'll do my best. <laughs> so the first keyword that we have is architects. Uh, the source, um, the uh, it, it's the it's the kernel of of everything. So mm-hmm. is that? I don't know if that. Am I doing this? Am I playing this right? I have no idea. So, I mean, is that, am I supposed to come up with just one word or a lot of words? No, no, you can come up with like a definition or, you know, a couple of things that comes to your mind. Like, okay. Define it, yeah. Uh, the architect is the source of, of all things that need to be done. Um, so, you know, you, you have to, as a lighting consultant, they're your primary client. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have, to, you have to help them do their job and you have to, um, you have to be as, as good as they are at what they do is what you are is what they is what is what you do. So um, you have to meet the meet the requirements of, of the design team and and uh, you always should try to be the expert in the field. Like you know, I always say no one should be in the room should be no more about lighting than I should. Mm-hmm. And the architect is architects the same way. So he should he should know more about architecture than anything else uh, mm-hmm. than anybody else in the room. Um, but uh, they are the source. I mean, you, you have to have good architects to to have good anything, right? And, you know, without a good architect, you're not going to have good lighting because it doesn't really matter. I mean, lighting is built within the architecture. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is definitely like you know pretty interesting because, as you mentioned, it is kind of a source. So yeah, the and, kernel. <laughs> yeah. And the second word that we have is dance. Dance. <laughs> uh freedom. Um, wow, this is a very good one. Yeah. So yeah, you know, there, yeah, you, you read my profile. I did, I was, I basically minored in dance when I was in college and, mm-hmm. um, and it was, it was, it was a way of expression that was really, really interesting. In fact, one of my first lighting mm-hmm. uh, people I was able to work with was a, uh, a lighting designer that his whole history of lighting mm-hmm. was working with the dance communities. So mm-hmm. he actually traveled with these dance uh, troops across mm-hmm. the country. And that's what he did for lighting design was da- lighting dancers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, it was literally like shaping. It was literally like being a molder, like, like a, mm-hmm. a, like a sculptor. And um, so dance is moving sculptures. And uh, I think that's a great, wow. that's a great way to say it. It's moving sculpture and, you know, when you, when you, when you see, and see that way, <laughs> when yeah. you see design, when you see design, which is uh, a similar, I mean, I would say the same word when it, when it comes to uh, being a, uh, a, a, a dancer, but you know, a cinematographer, a, uh, mm-hmm. a person who, who creates not what, what is the person who creates dance? Um, the, uh, he's not a dancer, but it's, I forget the term, but, the person who creates a design is no different than a sculpture. He's just working with humans and movement. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay, okay, sounds great. And then the third keyword that we have is history. Uh, it's important, um, you know, from a lighting perspective. It's it's interesting because we we've almost reached a whole circle uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to technology and. Uh, right now, you know, a big part of the uh, podcast today was about the fact that we live in, we, I don't know if you realize this, but we've only been in 
artificial illuminations, a place where we have lights inside buildings for a hundred years, just over a hundred years, like 120 years. And we've been on this planet for thousands, if not millennia, right? So what are we doing to our bodies in the sense that, you know, we've gone from incandescent to halogen to fluorescent lights, which was horrible for you to metal halide and high pressure sodium. And then finally to compact fluorescent and then to LEDs, all of those technologies between those were horrible for you. Mm. They had horrible, they had horrible flicker. They had, you know, gave people headaches. Um, looked, you looked horrible underneath them. Um, the, 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 the elements of the light was, was horrible. Couldn't have any control. Um, the ingredients of the light were, were, were made out of crazy things. And it was actually bad for the environment. We had mercury, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you shouldn't have mercury around you. And we have mercury hanging in our ceilings all around us. So for years, this was a negative thing. So the history of, of lighting has led back us to going back to natural light, mm-hmm. back to the way we're trying to mimic mm-hmm. uh, in using artificial light. We're trying to mimic the light that we have had for since we were cave people. So I think it's one of those things where I think that the evolution, you know, the understanding the history of light uh, has, been, has been really good for my career. Wow. And understanding that, um, you know, we really actually need to get back to where we were. <laughs> you know, how, how can we best do that? So. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that is true, actually, when we think about the energy, right? That we should come up with some more solutions. I think there are a couple of lights nowadays that save the energy, right? It's not always um, you're wasting electrical energy or something like that. Yeah, and LEDs are LEDs are definitely there. I mean, we're not going to get a whole bunch of we're not going to get a whole much more energy efficient with uh, LED technology. They have to come up with something else to uh, be even more efficient. So uh, it's not an energy issue. In fact, I'm, I'm an anti-energy saving person when it comes to lighting. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll stand on a soapbox and talk about it all day long. We actually don't have enough light in our built world during the day than you could possibly imagine. We are way underlit uh, for our health, mm. extremely under, underlit for our health. So. Anyway, that's another subject. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, next next segment that we have is like, you know, a little bit knowing you. So exploring your career work or volunteering. And we found a quite interesting volunteering experience that you have. So would you like to share more about your volunteering experience with uh, Illuminating Engineering Society of North America? And what is it about? Sure. So, um, you know, if you're in any industry, you have um, societies or or groups or efforts to sort of standardize things and to create, um, you know, fraternity for the people mm-hmm. in that industry and, and make connections and networking and all those things. So the Illuminating Engineering Society is actually not just of North America. It's I, although I am the member of, of North America, it's actually a worldwide uh, uh, society. And and, mm-hmm. and and the president, I think right now is might even be from Brazil. I can't remember. So it's, we're, it's an international community. And mm-hmm. what we do is we write the standards for everything that is associated with light. I don't care if it's for greenhouses or for plants or for, uh, you know, a specific kind of plant or for, you know, understanding about the eye, eye health, um, or it's for how to do a school or how to do roadways or how to do cars or, you know, if there's something to do with light, there is somebody in the IES working on trying to create 
and get the best knowledge from the best scientists, from the best PhDs, from the best designers to build a, you know, a network of information that you can use, uh, whether it's architects or interior designers, and they can pull out portions of this, this mass database and say, okay, how do we do, how would we do a hotel, for example, right? And yeah. so they, they can pull up the, you know, the design guidelines, 25, DG25, and say, okay, what is the, what is the, how should I be looking at the lobby? What are the important elements of doing a lobby? And so um, there'll be a, a section on lobbies, you know, literally anything you can think of when it comes to lighting, there will be somebody has written something about it and tried to create mm-hmm. a standard and, and tried to educate, use it as an education tool for, for somebody else. And so I'm really active on the hospitality because I, I do a lot of hotels. Mm-hmm. So I'm an active in the hospitality. I'm, act, I'm not semi. I'm semi-active in the residential, but I'm also on the design standards. So I'm trying to create standards for lighting designers and things like that. So we're, I, I, I I'm a really busy guy, and and, and <laughs> it's really hard to do the the work for free kind of thing. Um, but it's something about having 30 years of experience doing this that I feel like. So it's really it's that you know as you get towards the end of your career, which I'm, I, I hate to say that I'm that wearer, but I, I feel like I need to be giving back to the uh, industry. So that's my job is, is to make sure that the next generation has the information and the experiences that I've had. And so that's what uh, donating your time and, you know, um, volunteering for the IES is what that's, a, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. That's and there's a great, great, great and if somebody wants there. to join that volunteering group, is it like an easy, uh, like application process or how is it? There's no application at all. I mean, if you're, if you're interested in lighting, you can go in there and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and volunteer your time. So, you know, yeah. it, it, you're not going to, you're going to see ways to use the IES, whether if you were in, if you wanted to get into lighting, the first thing you would do if you were new to the industry is join IES mm-hmm. because there is actually programs in there. We call mm-hmm. uh, um, they're called emerging professionals. Mm-hmm. And so we have an emerging professionals program so you can get connected to all these companies that are interested in in hiring people that are that are inter, in, that are inter, interested in lighting. It's a very small industry to find. It's very hard to find people, but it's also sort of a niche industry. So how do you know how to get in lighting, right? So the IES is a great avenue into that. Wow. Join it, get in, get an emergency, yeah. become an emergency emerging professional. Yeah. So. That's a great advice and the tip as well because volunteering is the best part. If you are interested in any specific field, it's more or like a job shadowing as well. We get that opportunity to see the person actually, uh, what they are working on and um, understand the uh, area on the broader aspect of it. So on that advice, actually, we are moving towards our next segment, which is more or about summarizing more tips or advice to the students or the professionals who are trying to build their career in this particular field or looking to build this, looking this as a long-term, long-term career option. So you can support your answer with your books and courses as well. So would you like to give any particular advice to the people, students? Uh, actually, I think we kind of just touched on it with the IES, but um, yeah. there's other, you know, depending on your neighborhood, um, where you're at, you know, there's actually local chapters. So yeah. There's the IES chapter of Orange County, which is where I'm in. There's the IES chapter of Los Angeles. There's the IES chapter of, New Tr- of Detroit. And, mm-hmm. if, and if you wanted to be in lighting, all you have to do is say, hey, I'm a new student. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm interested in lighting. And they're going to go, they're just going to grab you. They're going to, they'll say, 
I've got three jobs for you. You want which one do you want? You know, and you know, it's just crazy how it's like mm -hmm. people that are if you people that are in lighting don't understand why people aren't in lighting. They're like, why don't you want to do this? This is so much fun. And the other thing we talk about in industry is once you go into the industry of lighting, you can't get out. It's like it's like the mob. You know, you just you're done. You have because because there's always opportunities in that industry to find the right fit for you. And you may, you know, you may get in one part of the industry and say, you know what, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not into this portion of it, but you know what I really like? I like this part of it. And there, there's going to be positions for that. And there's, we're, everybody, everybody's always looking for people mm. for any light industry. It's, it's a constant battle to find people. So. Wow. I'm looking, I'm looking for people. So Yeah. And these are some of the practical <laughs> ways we are always trying to figure out through the solid Saturday, actually, you know, uh, what would be the best approach to get into that particular field and learn more about that field. And I think you have provided like, you know, quite an insight to it that how it is useful when you look for the volunteering opportunities or joining, joining some kind of a community and uh, uh, build your career yep. in a particular space. So thank you so much for sharing it. And that was definitely very, very insightful. We are moving towards the closure, which is more about leadership and the way you are talking about your space or areas of expertise. I can truly see the leader in you. So what is your leadership style and any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why? Leaders that I admire. Oh, I, I've, got, I've got lots of people that I admire on you know social medias, but I don't know that. I mean... <laughs> No, we are fine. Yeah, you know, there's. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where you know, my dad was my dad was a military leader. Um, he was, he um, he were, was in charge of like 300, 300 uh, soldiers and and building war gaming. And when you know, when I was a kid, he's now retired. Um, and you know, I I I've had some good leaders that I've worked for in the past. It's been it's been few and far between. And I think one of the reasons is that um, it's, it's a skill set that, that you have to work on and you can't just be a good, you know, at what you do, let's say you're a good lighting designer. You can't be just a good lighting designer or a good manufacturer and not, and also be a good leader. You have to work on that. It's just like any other muscle. And I think the leadership skills for me have been uh, once I've started to learn how to be a, uh, Mm -hmm. to be men to be mentored because I, I actually didn't have any mentors grow, you know, going through my career. And so once I started to seek out my own mentors for, for, for my success, uh, you know, I developed a team I call my board of advisors. Uh, once I developed those board of advisors, um, it really helped build my, my leadership skill uh, in ways that I didn't expect. And one of the things I felt like I learned in that process was that I was, it was hard for me to let go um, because I was always doing all the little things. Uh, mm. And I felt like I was, and I think people would probably use the term micromanaging. Mm. And, and once I learned, and as I got older, it was also, I think it was also because I got older and had kids and I learned how that you can't really micromanage kids. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have to, you know, the leaderships, the leadership that I try to follow is a, you know, finding people that are good at what they do and get out of their way and really find a way for them to be successful. And wow. I think that's, I think that's really hard to do because, you know, I, I think Elon Musk even said, you know, it, it was, you know, find somebody that you, 
you want to hire and then don't tell them how to do their job, right? Yes. Let yeah. them do their job. And so, yeah. um, I think micromanaging was something I had to, I had to learn to not do. And, um, you know, I think that my leadership skill is, is about, you know, being a cheerleader for everybody. And then, you know, just, you know, also being a, uh, probably a police officer to a certain extent where you're, you know, you're, you're solving problems, um, with the team. So I think, mm. you know, I, uh, my goal is always to try to figure out what everyone's goals are and, and let them and try to help them to achieve that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a daily, it's a daily challenge and, mm-hmm. it, and it's a whole other challenge. I'm not really a lighting designer anymore in that, in that sense, because I'm really a people person. Wow. I'm really managing mm-hmm. people. So um, it's really, you know, when I get to do lighting, it's kind of fun. Um, but again, I've got 30 years in this world. So uh, in this mm-hmm. lighting industry, so I'm happy to help bring the next generation along. So, wow, that's great, actually. And I would encourage people who are interested in this particular field. We got our coach or the mentor for this particular space. So if you'd like to learn more, definitely connect with him. As well as, you know, if there are any uh, social media links, uh, I would definitely encourage like, you know, I will, I will put it actually once the episode is out so that people can connect with you. Uh, sure. I tag so that you know people, many many more people can connect whoever is looking to build their career or grow in that particular space so thank you so much John really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show and it was pleasure having you on my 100th episode it was definitely a, like a celebration time so thank you so I much. cannot believe I got to be number 100 <laughs> that's awesome yeah, thank, thank you, you so much I, I'm, I feel blessed and, and honored so thank yeah, you thank you thank you really appreciate it thank you and take care bye All right. So we learned a lot about the creativity as well as the space architectural field. And uh, to close our today's episode, we have a closure quote from Norman Foster, which is around architectural and design. So as an architect, you design for the present with an awareness of the past for a future, which is essentially unknown. So on that quote, we are closing today's episode. See you guys in the next episode. Until we meet, happy leading. Let's lead together. Stay safe. Bye for now.